Jeff Dean Show on ESPN Tucson is brought to you by Desert Diamond Casinos. Desert Diamond is true Tucson. Tucson's only local morning sports talk show. The Jeff Dean Show starts now. Good morning, Tucson, and welcome to the Jeff Dean Show. I am Jeff Dean here with you on this Tuesday morning after a long Memorial Day weekend. Hope it was a uh, a festive one for you, and uh, hopefully you were able to uh, spend some time with family, friends, and also take a little time to remember the reason why we had the long weekend and uh, remember those who have served and uh, who gave their lives laid their lives down on the line for uh, for this great country of ours in the service of this country. It is uh, a, uh, 703, uh, 704 now, just changed, to uh, on this Tuesday, Tucson Tuesday. You're listening here on uh, 1490 AM, 104.9 FM, ESPN Tucson. Uh, May the 31st, final day of May, as we uh, get ready for what's soon to be the dog days of summer in the world of sports. But uh, we've still got plenty of time before that. Lots of things going on and about a thousand things to talk about today is, of course, it was a very busy weekend. Um, My apologies for the technical difficulties on Friday. We had no Internet here at the house once again. For whatever reason, I didn't get an answer from my Internet provider as to why there was an outage for nearly four hours on Friday morning. Um, there was no construction in the area that I'm aware of, so <laughs> not exactly sure what happened there. But, uh, of course, you know, no explanation. Just a, oh, sorry, we'll credit your account $2.12 for the outage and for the uh, for the trouble. I'm like, I, I, I need Internet. Like, it needs to be solid, consistent Internet, reliable, please. Uh, $2.12 doesn't even begin to scratch the surface of what I missed with those four hours of uh, internet outage so uh, i let them know that it was more than just a monetary issue like my job depends on it so uh hopefully doesn't happen again then it was the events (laughs) the rest of the weekend that uh many of you here that are listening right now probably don't know um i didn't share too much on twitter if you follow me on twitter uh and many of you do not follow me on facebook or you know whatever um but I had an interesting weekend, you know, a weekend that I was scheduled to announce the Pac-12 baseball tournament Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Was really looking forward to that, um, and uh, ended up missing out on a lot of great baseball, <laughs> a lot of bad baseball too. That uh, UCLA Oregon State game is the most ridiculous spectacle of baseball I think that has ever occurred in the history of the game. Um, but it, just a, a little story about what happened, so. I, I went down to went over to, to Scottsdale Stadium on uh, on Friday Friday afternoon uh, to get ready for the Arizona State University of Arizona game that was going to be uh, starting at three o'clock. We you know I got there you know got you know met everybody was in the seat working and uh, you know everything was going well. Then things got even better as Arizona beats Arizona State, knocks the Scum Devils out of the uh, out of the uh, out of the tournament. Winning by eight to six, we'll talk about that in just a moment, and you know what we what happened in the game and what happened with the Wildcats over the weekend and and all that. Um, and then the you know forty five minutes later, the the UCLA game, the UCLA uh, Cal game had uh, had was to start forty five minutes later. So 
ate some dinner, got ready for for that game, and uh, was you know cruising through the first two innings. And the sun had gone down. The weather was nice, and thought I'd open up the windows a little bit. It you know in the uh, in the press box there is something that I have done dozens and dozens of times during spring training for Giants games and for other events that I've worked there. I've worked uh, at Scottsdale Stadium for a lot of different things, not just baseball. And um, so open up the windows. It was nice outside, and plus I, I just like to hear everything that's going on. I can't stand being shut in behind soundproof glass that doesn't allow you to hear anything that's going on in the field. So open up the window, no problem. Slide the window up, and these windows at the at the stadium are ridiculously heavy like they weigh like 40 pounds a piece they're these huge big like double pane like soundproof glass extra thick and the frames that they put these things on these all metal frames are these huge metal frames uh, and, and it takes like two people to lift one of these uh one of these windows up now granted it's a lot of times because the mechanism is you know a little gummed up or whatever but nonetheless these things are freaking heavy so i lift the window to open up the space and let in some fresh air and such, and I sit back down, and as I'm scooting my chair back into the desk, the lights go out, <laughs> like, but just mine, <laughs> and, and uh, for a brief moment, and was seeing stars, and the next thing I know, I open my eyes, and there's a giant window in my face, like, just, like, dangling there, like, kind of precariously hanging and stuff like that, like, right in my face, and I realized that oh, I just took a shot to the head. This thing just fell on my head. Knowing exactly what that feels like, because I've taken a lot of shots to the head over the uh, over the years. <laughs> and so I immediately, you know, back away, and I'm like, oh, I, what, you know, what the heck happened to let people get in there? Because I'm stunned. So I let people get, you know, get in there to, you know, move the window, and get it up out of the, you know, off of the computers and all the expensive equipment that's laying there underneath the uh, the windows. And I hear somebody go, oh, he's bleeding. And I'm like, oh, okay. I took a little, little shot. Is the glass broken? No, glass isn't broken. And then the, it just starts pouring down my face and my neck. Na- and like it was just, it, I was like, oh, I'm a complete mess right now, aren't I? And uh, so yeah, that was my uh, that was my weekend, and uh, ended up going to the hospital. Now I've had a history of uh, spinal injuries. I was in a rollover accident when I was when I was uh, 20 years old. And uh, in an accident where I broke my neck, or broke the top two vertebrae in my spinal column. Uh, lucky to be alive there. Like th- this is just a another thing in a long list and a long line of just weird stuff that has happened in my life that probably should have killed me, but it didn't. Um, <laughs> just throw another throw another one on the on the old uh, on the old fire there. But uh, so they paramedics came had to put me in a seat collar because of my history with neck injuries and broken neck and all that other stuff. And they rushed me to the hospital, which is literally 600 feet away. Um, (laughs) Osborne hospital is literally, and I mean, literally four lanes of traffic away from Scottsdale stadium. And it felt like the most ridiculous thing in my life that I would have to be taken in an ambulance when I could literally spit a watermelon seed and hit the emergency room from where I was standing. But nonetheless, they wouldn't let me walk. So (laughs) <laughs> they strapped me to a gurney as I walked, and as I'm being wheeled out, Pac-12 commissioner George Klyovkov is standing there looking at me like, oh, my God, what, what, what is going on here? And I'm like, hi, George. <laughs> Sorry to meet this way. A um, little embarrassing. Sorry. And uh, enjoy the games. And was 
was whisked away. Uh, so yeah, so the, the rest of the weekend, I you know I literally I, I got to the hospital. They stapled my head together, um, and I look like Frankenstein on top of my head. But uh, nonetheless, had a pretty good concussion all weekend long. Doctors said just you know obviously stay where it's dark and quiet, and uh, that was he didn't have to tell me twice. I was had a throbbing headache all weekend, blurry vision, and I was really kind of just in and out of it all weekend. So my apologies if I really don't have a whole lot. To comment on on the action that occurred over the weekend, because literally I was just going, you know, and you know, reading some of the stories and, and reading for more than like two or three minutes was would just give me a headache. So started yesterday, you know, kind of prepping for the show and was like, oh, look at this, and so I'm kind of late to the party here, and hopefully I don't forget too many things because <laughs> this is not the first concussion that I've had, just the most recent one. So hopefully I haven't uh, forgotten too many things and don't screw up too much today. But we've got a uh, we've got a great show for you, and that, that's my little story from the weekend. So yeah, that was uh, that was fun. And uh, listen, the staff over there at uh, at Scottsdale Stadium was great. Everybody was uh, you know they 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 worked calmly, they worked quickly uh, to make sure that you know didn't bleed out all over the place. And well, something you know even worse happened. Uh, the staff at the hospital was amazing. The medics were amazing. Everybody was great. So. Um, you know, only only regret was opening that damn window. <laughs> so it came crushing down on my skull. So uh, again, if I if I forget something or if I repeat something, it's just <laughs> the effects of the concussion still leaving some of the uh, cobwebs there rattling around in this uh, big empty space I call ahead. So let's talk about the Pac-12 baseball tournament. Specifically, we're going to talk about Arizona. Uh, Friday's game, of course, Arizona beats Arizona State 8-6 to to eliminate the Devils from the tournament. Um, it was kind of interesting that they had gotten there anyway. You know, they beat Oregon. Oregon was, was essentially two and done in the double elimination tournament. Uh, Arizona beat them in the first matchup to put them into the loser's bracket where they played ASU, who had gotten beaten by number one Stanford uh, in, in the previous day. And then ASU beat Oregon. Oregon just went home. They were like, okay, we're out of here. And it's kind of interesting. I, just kind of, they kind of left without much of a whimper. Uh, did Oregon, and uh, uh, was kind of interesting to see that. But so Arizona in a game, kind of a back and forth game. It was an exciting game between Arizona and Arizona State. Arizona State plates two runs in the first inning, and I'm like, oh my gosh. And Arizona can't hit the ball. They couldn't hit the ball out of the infield. Uh, ASU's hits, they weren't exactly striking the ball all that hard. A lot of them were bloops and bleeps and just kind of. You know, balls that had gotten inside outed kind of situation where they, uh, you know, the pitch got in on their hands and they just kind of corkscrewed it out into the outfield somehow, just over the outstretched glove of an infielder. Uh, they, they weren't exactly knocking the cover off of the ball off of TJ Nichols uh, on uh, on uh, Friday, but then uh, it was Arizona who hit back to back home runs in the in the third inning. Which listen, uh, <laughs> Daniel Susak. And I didn't know this as as it was happening, but uh, in the fourth inning, you know, he, I, I'm I'm looking. I didn't expect to see a new catcher, so nobody was looking for it. Even the official scorer missed it. Um, there was no reason to have uh, uh, Laliberte out there catching. And I'm like, there's two outs in the in the fourth inning. I looked down at the catcher. I'm like, that's not Daniel Susak. <laughs> like, wait a second. So I, you know, we quick put in a buzz to the uh, to the official scorer, and he's like, oh. Whoa, didn't notice that one. Yeah, nobody did. And I'm like, well, now what's going on? So 
I start sending text messages. I'm like, what, you know, trying to figure out what's happening here. Um, and we get word back that Daniel Susak is sick. And I'm like, sick? Like, what, like, what did he get hurt? Did he get in the gut or something? Did, did one of the players, like, over-celebrate and, you know, punch him in the stomach or something? Like, no. We found out later that he was, like, throwing up, like, vomiting in the dugout, all, like, all pregame, during the game and everything. And Chip Hale was going to take him out of the game. Like, oh, you're done. You know, we're not going to send you out there if you're throwing up all over the place. And Daniel Susak talked him into getting another at bat. Just, just let me, you know, let me hit skip. Let me get out there. Let me put in another swing. I'm feeling okay. Let me see what happens. So he goes there with two on and just absolutely crushes one and gives him a three-run homer, gives him the lead 3-2, and then – uh, um, uh, Tanner Otremba shows up in the next, uh, you know, the next at bat. He hits an, another home run, so it's back-to-back home runs now, and now it's four to two. And Wildcat fans are going crazy. And look, that was that was you know where the fun kind of began for Arizona at that time. But nobody knew that Daniel Susak was sick and throwing up in the dugout literally minutes before he went out there to hit that three-run homer, which was the injection that that team needed uh, at that moment to move forward and start getting the bats heated up and get going. So what a what a moment for Daniel Susak. And really, you know, a great tournament for him as well. He was named uh, one of the first team performers of the tournament, rightfully so. Hit three homers in the, in the tournament. He was uh, fantastic. As, I mean, look, he's a legitimate Golden Spikes Award candidate. This is not like... Oh, you know, he was he was freshman of the year last year. We're going to give him the you know the nod, you know, kind of make you know usher him into the semifinalists. He is he is a legitimate, uh, legitimate cont- you know contender for the Golden Spikes Award. Now I, he doesn't have the best numbers of the guys that are in that group, but uh, given what he does on a day to day basis, certainly uh, going to be taken into consideration. So huge, huge moment for Daniel Susak, and then he was taken out of the game. And then he played the next day. He was feeling better uh, and played in the in the next game, the elimination game against Stanford. Now, later in that game, Arizona State had taken the lead 6-5, to five, and, you know, they kind of took it late, and they were kind of feeling it. They were, they were really rolling, and Arizona started to rely on their defense a little bit more, get a big double play to end an inning, could kind of stop a, a stopper run by SU, and then it kind of goes to a little bit of a stalemate for an inning, and Arizona goes to the bottom of the eighth inning. They're down 5-4 in the game. Um, or, or, I'm sorry, 6-5. Uh, They're down 6-5 in the game. My, my apologies. They're down 6-5 in the game, and they they get a couple runners on. There's one out in the, in the inning. They got runners at second and third, and Arizona State, opts to walk Noah Turley. They give him the, the intentional walk to load the bases to give them an out at any base, which, you know, force out at any base, which on one hand was, you know, is, is a smart move. On another hand, it kind of forces you to play a specific kind of defense. And that is where situational hitting comes into play. Now, this is something that we have been talking about on the show, that the writers have talked about, that, that the players and the coaches have talked about at Arizona Baseball. And that's that this team's situational hitting has been subpar this season. They have not hit well with runners in scoring position. They have not hit well in big moments like where you just need a base hit to clear two guys off of the base paths, that kind of stuff. 
So it's been kind of a bugaboo for this team. And then Tyler Casagrande comes up. He, uh, he pinch hits. He pops out to third. And now there's two outs. But now also there's no reason to have walked that person because now there are two outs and you can, you can just get out of the inning with a, with a play at any base. So in that instance, you're thinking, okay, this can go one of two ways. Either this is going to end with, you know, with three runners left on base or something big is about to happen. And Arizona State was not playing the proper defense at the time, and I, I'm sure that there are people that are, uh, that are criticizing you know, their coaching staff today because of the defense that they're playing. And a lot of people say that it was because of the center fielder that he, made it, he may have misjudged the ball. It's possible, but they sure weren't playing very deep um, <laughs> when, uh, when Mac Bingham came to the plate, and he just stroked one into right center field, kind of just, just to the right of, of dead center, uh, a line drive that went right over Joe Lampy's head. And Lampy's got legs. I mean, he was he like second or third in the, in the conference in solo base, I think, this year. He's, he's quick. Um, right over his head, leading to a bases-clearing triple. Arizona takes the lead 8-6 with two outs in the bottom of the eighth inning, and then all they needed was to get three outs in the top of the ninth, which they did, and uh, it was – Pretty much, uh, uh, pretty much drama free there in the ninth inning as Arizona took out Arizona State. So a really satisfying victory for Arizona that day. Then they had to play Stanford the next day. They lose a close one, five four. They were down five two, score two in the ninth, and then uh, it, you know eventually succumb to uh, uh, to the to the loss there of Stanford. Who look they like Stanford can't lose. Like they're just ridiculous right now. With this, is it seventeen in a row now that they've won? That's insane. So uh, Stanford clicking on all cylinders right now as they head into the regionals, and we'll talk more about the the regionals and you know what the the you know the College World Series bracket looks like. We'll talk about it later uh, in the week, but just know that two things: number one, Chase Davis, who crashed into the outfield wall in the first inning against the Stanford game on Saturday, who had to exit the game. Uh, I was I was told that. He's going to be watched day to day. That they're more worried about his throwing arm than they are about his swing, which is a that's good news. I mean, obviously you want him out there in the outfield, but as long as that kid can swing a bat, he's a game changer because of his power. So that's good to know. And they've got some time still to rehab it because they're not going to play until this weekend. So that's that's a good uh, that's a good thing. And speaking of this weekend, Arizona will fly to Coral Gables, Florida. I was talking with Brian Jeffries before the game on Friday, and we were trying to figure out where they were going to go, and Brian was thinking that it was either going to be uh, North Carolina or it was going to be Austin, Texas. And uh, he explained to me that he was uh, sick and tired of going to Texas, and I don't blame him, um, so that, sh- that North Carolina would have been a nice change. So when it got announced they were going to Miami, <laughs> I was like, hey, Miami, it's tropical. It'll be nice for you. So uh, enjoy the uh, the trip down there, but yeah, the Wildcats going to be taking on Ole Miss, who is a familiar opponent for them. That's a team that they hosted in the Super Regional last year in Tucson and beat them twice to move on to the College World Series. So um, it's a little bit of a rematch, a revenge match for Ole Miss, who has a, a, I think I guess their lineup is basically the same, like their uh, their fielders and their lineup is is you know very going to be very familiar with the Wildcats, but their pitching staff was totally overhauled this season so um, and they were a team that weren't even projected to get into the field so I felt like Arizona like I was looking at their draw and I'm like 
okay, Miami's good, and they're going to be playing at home, obviously going to be you know difficult, but it could have been a lot worse. Like, it could have been a worse draw for Arizona uh, going somewhere to go play a, you know, a host team. But then they get Canisius and Ole Miss in the, uh, in the, uh, in the draw, and Canisius might actually be the better team of the two between Ole Miss and Canisius. So, um, and hopefully they'll be, you know, they'll, well, I shouldn't say hopefully, maybe they get an upset and beat Miami in the regional, and then Arizona gets to play Canisius if they can get past the Rebs. So uh, we'll be talking about that a little bit more later in the week as we get closer to that, uh, to that regional. And uh, as, as expected, I was talking with Brian Jeffries about this on Friday, and we talked about this uh, on the air I would not be surprised if Arizona was put in the same region as LSU. Well, it was close. They didn't get put in the same regional, but should they uh, both advance, they will be in the same super, and they put LSU on that side of the bracket. So <laughs> not surprised at all. NCAA is like, hey, let's do this. Let's put LSU uh, and their uh, their coach against his former team. So uh should be fun to watch from from that standpoint. Should Arizona – uh, continue to advance and move on. And we'll continue to talk Wildcat baseball. Uh, we'll talk some Arizona softball coming up, men's golf. we got lots of local stuff to get into. We have NBA, NHL, NFL, NFL to talk to. And and I have tickets to give away today, all week actually. You're going to get your chance to win a pair of tickets to see Gabriel Iglesias. Yes, the fluffy comedy tour is uh, coming to Tucson it's going to be in Tucson on July 16th at the Ava Amphitheater at Casino del Sol. And I have a pair of tickets to give away each day this week. So be on the listen for that. It'll be a, uh, a, a call to win. So you'll be listening for your cue to call. It could happen at any time before I sign off today at 8.58 a.m. So be listening for that sometime over the next uh, hour and a half or so. Be listening for your cue to call and uh, see if you can win a pair of tickets to go see Fluffy in concert. Hilarious. Always, always, always good. All right, we're going to take a timeout. When I return, we'll continue with more local news as Arizona softball does the unthinkable and men's golf finds their way out of the NCAAs. All that and more. Stay tuned right here to the Jeff Dean Show. The Jeff Dean Show on ESPN Tucson is brought to you by Desert Diamond Casinos. Desert Diamond is true Tucson. Now back to the Jeff Dean Show on 1490 AM, 1049 FM, ESPN Tucson. The NBA Finals are here, and so is your chance to score big on FanDuel Sportsbook. Throughout the NBA Finals, FanDuel is going to be giving new customers $200 in free bets guaranteed when you place your first $5 bet. Uh, You can bet the money line. You can bet player props, point spreads uh, if you want. Uh, I had uh, had a really nice little uh, parlay for Game 7 that I put in, and Jimmy Butler hooked me. I had a – it was a really nice parlay, let me put it that way. And uh, I got hooked by Jimmy Butler's first quarter points. Can you believe it? So that happens. Uh, it's, the way, it's the way the cookie crumbles when you, uh, when you, you know, play like that. But, hey, you know what? It's fun, and I have no regrets. Or as they would say in We're the Millers, no regrets. Uh, plus, you can combine your bets for an even bigger payday with the same game parlay like I do all the time. I love playing SGPs. Um, game one is going to be Thursday in San Francisco, the Warriors hosting the Celtics, which we'll talk about uh, coming up a little bit later in the show today. But, for instance, like I will definitely go with a Warriors. I think they're going to be rested. Some people think they're going to be rusty. I think they're going to be rested. I like the Warriors to win in game one. I also like Steph to kind of uh, settle down a little bit. He'll probably 
he'll probably get over three three pointers in the game uh, and use a few things you know that you can throw together with an SGP. And that's the beauty about working with FanDuel Sportsbook uh, for your betting needs because, look, it, it's, it, you can customize your SGPs and your bets your way. But sign up with my promo code DEAN uh, if you haven't already tried FanDuel Sportsbook because now is the perfect time to give it a shot because the only thing sweeter than watching the NBA Finals is cashing in on all the action. So join today with my promo code DEAN, that's D-E-A-N, and turn a $5 bet into $200 in free bets, win or lose. Make every game feel like Game 7 with FanDuel Sportsbook. FanDuel is an official partner of the NBA. 21 and over in President Arizona. First online mail money wager only. $10 first deposit is required. Bonus issued is non-withdrawable free bets that expire 14 days after receipt. Restrictions apply. See full term to sportsbook.fanduel.com. And if you think you have a gambling problem, please call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text Next Step to 53342. The women's softball team. Arizona softball moving on to the Super Regional once again for the 25th time in program history to the College World Series as they beat host Mississippi State twice over the weekend to advance to the World Series. Uh, It's a situation where all three phases came together for the Wildcats in their victories. They got an extra inning win in game one where they needed, look, they needed some bats. They needed some, uh, some timely hitting in that game. And they got it, specifically at the end when they needed it most. And then in game two, it was pitching and defense. Like they, they scored seven runs in one inning. Um, they just needed to make sure that they didn't get, uh, you know, they didn't get complacent and start losing themselves a little bit, uh, you know, in the circle and uh, in the field. And that's a situation where, look, they had three inning-ending double plays. They turned three inning-ending double plays in that game. And I, I would love to see – kind of uh, like a statistic maybe now it wasn't for Arizona because they scored all seven of their runs in one inning but they kept the pressure on offensively it, they did they did not make things easy on Mississippi State in fact there were plenty of times I was kind of watching on Twitter um, some people that I that I enjoy following who cover softball there and they were like this may be a run rule situation here because Arizona's putting players on runners on every single inning they're just keeping the pressure on but I would like to see a, a statistic I, I'm sure I'm sure. It, look, it's baseball, so I'm sure there's you know there's there's a there's been a study about this, as to how successful teams are in their next at bats after turning an inning inning double play. Because listen, teams get jazzed up regardless if you're amateur, pro, whatever. Uh, teams get jazzed up when they end an inning on a, on a double play. So and they they did that three times against Mississippi State in the closeout game. So the Wildcats now going to be uh, you know, traveling over to Oklahoma City for the eight-team World Series, which includes an unprecedented three unseeded teams in this year's uh, in this year's postseason. Which, again, like I said, it's you don't <laughs> that doesn't happen. Uh, you know the, the the unseeded teams this year: Texas, which is strange that they're unseeded. Oregon State got in, and of course Arizona. The other teams are Oklahoma, the number one team in the country. Uh, Oklahoma State, UCLA, Northwestern, and Florida round out the field of eight. Arizona will take on Oklahoma State. Now they're essentially playing in their home stadium, uh, so not easy for Arizona to get that draw. Uh, but they will play on Thursday. They'll be the final game of the day. They will be playing at I think it's four. Is it four thirty local time? I believe they play, and that game will be on ESPNU. So uh, be watching for that, and uh, we'll be cheering on our Wildcats from afar. 
and uh, cheering them on to see if they can cash in another national championship and see what happens. This improbable run. Team that started 0-8 in conference and made their way in. And all, it, you know, I saw this stat, too. Uh, forgive me. I'm going to try to remember it here to see if I can remember exactly what it was. In, I think it was in the history of the super regional era, and I, I believe that ex, that spans like 21 years or something like that. This Arizona team was the only unseeded team to go undefeated on the road in the regionals and super regionals. They went 5-0. and uh, So kind of an unprecedented run for an unprecedented team this year, a team that is learning along the way, and Caitlin Lowe, uh, certainly, of course, you know, in her first year at coaching the team, was able to see that firsthand. I, I, her comments after the game were inspiring, to say the least. So good luck to the ladies as they uh, are, are they're already in Oklahoma State, actually. They're already uh, there uh, at, the, uh, at the site. So, um, so they'll be taking on the, uh, uh, the Oklahoma State Cowboys in that game. All right. We'll take a timeout. We'll come back with more after this. You're listening to The Jeff Dean Show here on ESPN Tucson. The Jeff Dean Show on ESPN Tucson is brought to you by Desert Diamond Casinos. Desert Diamond is true Tucson. Back to the Jeff Dean Show on 1490 AM, 1049 FM, ESPN Tucson. Welcome back to the Jeff Dean Show here. Trying to wrap up the weekend in Wildcat Sports. It was a it was a crazy busy weekend as Arizona sports men and women uh, it, you know, on a lot of different levels, have been performing extremely well. And it's something that, that I probably won't talk about much today, but it's something that certainly should be noted. Um, you know, and just the way this department is, is clicking on all cylinders right now, the, the football team is, it seems like every day I'm getting a notification about a, a young, you know, high school athlete who is a, three slash four star athlete from a big program from a big high school program that has mentioned Arizona in their final ten, their final eight, their final five, whatever have you, alongside the likes of the USC's, the Oregons of the world, uh, you know, and even Texas schools and SEC powers as well. So the football team clicking right now. Uh just killing it in recruiting. And again, it's gonna be a long turnaround because there are other teams that are doing well in the Pac-12, also, uh, so it's going to be a quick turnaround. It's not going to, you know, it's not going to be a quick turnaround. Sorry, it's going to take some time. Um, but they're doing things the right way. They're building a program. They're building, uh, you know, a way of 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 culture here that is completely different than what we had before, which is a really good thing. Obviously, the basketball program. We know what's going on there. We'll talk about uh, in college uh, basketball, U of A basketball specifically, coming up uh, in just a little bit as well. We know what's going on there. Women's basketball, we're all well aware of how good that team is and how successful Adia Barnes has been in her time here and continuing to move onward and upward with one of the best recruiting classes in the country, let alone the best recruiting class in the history of Arizona women's basketball. Then you've got baseball, obviously doing their thing. They they seem like they've hardly skipped a beat. In fact, you know, the former coach took a lot of money and took several – uh, you know, several players from this program over to LSU, who's basically in the same in the same boat as Arizona is, almost literally in the same boat as this Arizona team is. So they haven't skipped a beat. 
the softball team started off rough this year with brand new coach, brand new coaching for the first time. Like she's learning on the job, which is unbelievable to me uh, how well they have done in such a short amount of time under uh, under Caitlin Lowe. Because you don't just – people thought that it was just going to be the easy handoff. Like it was going to be the situation where, you know, like in a relay race where you have – you know, you have the lead, and then you have the second and third legs of the relay. The passing of the baton goes from the third to the fourth. Super smooth. Happens every time, right? There's never any kind of a, a hiccup or anything in those exchanges. And then the anchor can just cruise to victory. It never happens that way, folks. Like, in, in strict competition, there's always some kind of something that comes up. And it was never going to be the smoothest handoff in the world. They never are. Uh so uh, there was, I think the expectations for Arizona softball were a little unfair, in my opinion. Um, granted, it's still one of the best programs in the entire country, has been for 30 years. We're not going to dispute that. But anytime you go from a Hall of Fame coach, somebody who transcended the sport, someone who has won gold medals, for God's sake, gold medals, <laughs> okay, it's not like, you just hand it off to somebody else and be like, okay, here you go, off and running, go win a championship. It doesn't happen that way. Uh, Caitlin Lowe had to take some bumps and some bruises along the way, and this team struggled. This team also struggled physically. Like, they had injuries, you know, in the program that caused a, a complete jumbling of the lineup. Um, they did get, you know, they got their pitching kind of figured out and stuff, uh, and they know the, who their one-two punch are now, and they've been very consistent recently. But it took them all year to get to that point. So there was, it was a learning curve for everybody. To be in this position as a first-time coach for Caitlin Lowe, especially considering where they began, it's just it's remarkable to me. Like, we have to, we have to keep things – we have to keep it real. Like, we, we have to keep things in a real perspective here. This is not a fantasy world, okay? Just because we're Arizona and we've won – what is it? Is it nine – World championship, national championships in college college softball, eight or nine, anyway, and been to countless others. There was a time where they went to eight consecutive uh, World Series championship games. Okay, it's not like everybody else just rolls over and plays dead when Arizona takes the field. It's quite the opposite, actually. We're an icon in the sport. Um, so to be where they are is is a true testament to Caitlin Lowe, the program, and the athletic department. Men's golf. Now, I know that you know they, they did get ousted. They didn't make the cut on Sunday over the weekend in Scottsdale, and they weren't able to, uh, to play uh, with, the, uh, with the top 15 teams in the final yesterday. But to be there as essentially you know, one of the top 30 teams, uh, top 30 programs in the country, along with the likes of Oklahoma and Vanderbilt and North Carolina, and look, Arizona State, say what you will, about the school, men's golf program has been top-notch, top-tier for decades. There's, there's a reason for that, okay? They have, they have a great history. They have a rich history. Uh, so to be there amongst the likes of, of those programs is really a testament to what Arizona is building. And then they get the $10.5 million endowment um, from, the, you know, from, the, from the community and from donors. They're going to build the new facility for, for golf, for men's and women's golf. It's, it, all things are looking up. So the way you know the, the state of the program right now, the state of the athletic department rather, is as good. I mean, you could argue it's as good as it's ever been. 
Now, I'm not the uh, the oldest of historians, you know, in, in regards to, oh, I remember back in 1959, we had, you know, 11 of our 13 programs were ranked nationally. I, I don't I don't go back that far, but I can tell you this, somebody who was born in Tucson, grew up in a family, it was a house divided, so it was, it was even, there was even more competition and more discussion in the family between the two schools, obviously. Uh, I grew up, you know, obviously on one side of the, uh, of the, of the argument of the fight. I have been involved with Arizona sports professionally for the last, well, professionally for the last 11 years, been covering the team and the sports for the last 23 years and have been a fan all of my entire life. I can't remember a time when top to bottom, the athletic department and their programs were as successful and making as many waves and as many improvements and advancements as this current iteration, the 2021-22 athletic department and its programs. It is absolutely incredible what they're doing on that campus and the athletic department. I think it should be acknowledged. Uh, So I'm going to take the time to acknowledge it today. (laughs) Also, because athletic director Dave Hickey was nice enough to call me and check in on me over the weekend uh, thank you, Dave. Appreciate that. Made a personal phone call to me, completely unexpected. Um, I was also uh, contacted by no fewer than five other members of the athletic department over the weekend, uh, whether it be emails or text messages, just checking in on me, making sure I'm okay. Uh, look, it's it's a it's a wonderful feeling of family there at the in the athletic department, and I think everybody kind of feels that way right now. Uh, I think somebody somebody had posted. On Twitter, I don't remember who it was, and I, and I apologize for not giving you credit. I don't know who, who it was. I don't remember a lot of things from this weekend. Unfortunately, it's all kind of a haze. Um, but someone had posted on Twitter, like you can tell, like it, you can tell the uh, the overall health of an athletic department based on how much the other programs build one another up. Essentially, like the the, the rooting interest from other programs within the department. In, how, in the success of other programs, like, you know, the football coach retweeting softball highlights, uh, the basketball coach, you know, attending games, the athletic director diving into a swimming pool to celebrate with the team who's just cashed their ticket to a World Series. Like, like, <laughs> like all these things are signs of a really healthy and developmental athletic department. Uh, and I, look, I'm not going to just heap all the praise on Dave Hickey because that's going to sound like brown nosing because he is my boss. But uh, listen, uh, credit goes to a lot of people in that department. Dave just happens to be the figurehead, uh, and he is, you know, the 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 you know the top you know the top of the uh, uh, top of the, the the pyramid, so to speak. Uh, but I it just with everything that's going on in that department, with the way that everybody is, and I know that this is a, a term that I use a lot and have other coaches have used a lot in their time, but everyone is tugging the rope in the same direction, and it's a wonderful feeling, especially when you live up here in Phoenix where everything is falling apart on the campus just about eight miles away from me. It is a really wonderful feeling to be a Wildcat today. So thankful, thankful, thankful to be a Wildcat and be a member of that department uh, as all the wonderful things going on there. All right, going to take a timeout. We've got more to discuss. We're going to get into some of the professional ranks coming up next. NBA finals are set. Uh, there's some NBA mock drafts that are out there that you might be interested in hearing. Uh, one of the players who was moving rapidly up 
the uh, the the mock drafts has withdrawn from the NBA draft. What does that mean for the Wildcats? We'll talk about that. NFL, NHL, and a whole lot more. Stay tuned here to the Jeff Dean Show right here on ESPN Tucson. The Jeff Dean Show on ESPN Tucson is brought to you by Desert Diamond Casinos. Desert Diamond is true Tucson. More of the Jeff Dean Show on 1490 AM, 1049 FM, ESPN Tucson. Welcome back to the Jeff Dean Show here on this Tuesday. Lots and lots of stuff going on. Lots of local news to get into. Uh, NBA mock draft. The you know obviously the, you know we're we're getting close to it now as the NBA draft just around the corner, and tomorrow is the deadline for uh, for amateur players to declare for the NBA draft. Now Arizona already has two committed to the NBA draft; those being Benedict Mathurin and Christian Coloco. They have decided to forego any type of of uh, college um, eligibility remaining. However. We're still waiting to find out whether or not Dalen Terry will be returning to the program. Now, he had a workout in Indiana with the Pacers yesterday with five other potential pros. And if you look at the latest mock draft from Jonathan Giveney of ESPN, Jonathan does a fantastic job of covering this transition from college to pro. He currently has Benedict Matherin going eighth overall to the Pelicans. He has Coloco. I, I, I still don't think he's gonna. I don't think he's gonna slip this far. I really don't because there are gonna be plenty of GMs and coaches out there that are enamored with his athleticism. Uh, but he does have him slipping all the way down to forty third overall in the draft going to the Clippers. Now, the interesting point here is that a lot of Wildcat fans are wondering, you know, where Dalen Terry's gonna go, where he's gonna be projected. Now, Jonathan Giveney has him projected going twenty seventh overall to Miami. Now, the most interesting thing about all of this is, is that just about, like, right as we were getting started with the show, um, so just a little bit, little over an hour ago, Terquavion uh, Smith, the guard from NC State who wowed people with his shooting and his athleticism at the, uh, at the draft combine, has withdrawn his name from the NBA draft. He is going to return to NC State for his junior season. So why is that significant? Well, he was a player that was streaking up the, uh, the, the mock drafts, the list of the mock drafts. And in the most recent mock draft, Jonathan Giveney had Terquavion Smith going 26th overall to the Dallas Mavericks. Now, Terquavion Smith is a 6'5", two-guard, okay? Um, has really, really deep range, um, you know, just a, a guy who can really shoot from you know twenty five, twenty six feet out with the utmost confidence, uh, and is a an an average ball handler. Um, but they believe that he's still got a lot of growing to do and things like that. He's nineteen years old, so the reason that's significant is because Dalen Terry, Jonathan Giveney has him going twenty seventh. So with the removal of Terquavion Smith, that moves Dalen Terry, a shooting guard, up one spot in the rankings, a a position I felt like he was already above Traquavian Smith in, regardless, but nonetheless, that gives NBA teams one fewer player to look at in that kind of, you know, 20 to 30 range if you're looking for a player in that, uh, you know, in in that position. So maybe giving an even more wide open door for Dalen Terry in the NBA. And again, we'll continue to celebrate that and we'll keep to cover 
here on the Jeff Keith Show, as will the boys this afternoon from 3 to 6 on Spears and Ali. Just a quick little two-minute turnaround here. We'll come back for hour number two. We'll quick toss to ESPN Sports Center. We'll be right back here on the Jeff Dean Show on 1490 AM, 104.9 FM, ESPN Tucson. This is ESPN Tucson. 1490 KFFN AM Tucson. K285DL1049 FM Tucson. And KMXC HD4 Tucson.